Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine has wrapped up here, and now all eyes are on free agency. Particularly, they're on the New York Giants and their contract negotiations with Daniel Jones, which could be coming to a close very soon at the time of recording this episode, but taking a look at the team as a whole and what went down at the Scouting Combine, I think the picture is starting to become a lot more clear in terms of where the Giants need to start uh, focusing on in the draft and in free agency where they need to allocate their assets because they have some big needs on the offensive side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball so it'll be interesting to see exactly how they decide to build this roster following their decisions with Daniel Jones and of course Saquon Barkley impending free agents those are the two big names to focus on on the Giants roster but entering free agency linebackers in need cornerback is a need wide receiver we know is a need and some of these players at the 2023 NFL NFL scouting combine made themselves a lot of money so the picture is more clear now we know what the Giants need to do how they need to upgrade this roster and where they can allocate their, their resources so we're going to go ahead discuss some of those top needs for the Giants and maybe some ways that they can fix those needs and turn those needs into strengths this offseason so we're going to dive into all of that but make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel if you're new but without further ado Alex how are you doing today my friend and when you're looking at the needs on the Giants roster what stands out to you? Look, this Giants team, as we know, first and foremost, we got to figure out the quarterback position. We got to figure out what's going on with Daniel Jones. Obviously, we have until tomorrow, and we're going to know a lot about uh, the franchise tax situation, if they're going to use that. I think it was just dropped on Twitter, actually, that maybe it was Tom Pelissaro or somebody said that the uh, Giants and Daniel Jones are actually meeting again today. The representatives are meeting in New Jersey. So they are still working through this. They're trying to get a deal done. And, and Joe Shane's like, bro, like, I'm not going to get pushed over. I'm not going to get bullied into giving you more than you're worth. I will gladly franchise tag you, you know, as you kind of mentioned, essentially have him play on another version of the fifth year option, which would have been a nice substantial payday. Anyway, you know, this is kind of an opportunity for the Giants to say, we don't have to spend big in free agency. We can lock Daniel Jones down. We can obviously push some money. We can restructure Daniel uh, Leonard Williams. We can restructure Dory Jackson. There are ways um, to do things in, in regard to actually helping this team improve while that you know, $32 million is on the books if Daniel Jones does end up playing on the franchise tag, but I think they want to get an extension done. That way they have a little bit more cap flexibility. But $38 million seems $40 million is probably where they're going to land. It's a lot of money. I wouldn't go that far, but it's probably where they're going to end up uh, kind of resulting in. And ultimately, this team has a lot of needs, right? There's a lot of guys on this on this roster that we still have to sign. You still have Saquon Barkley's contract. You have Julian Love, a lot of depth. Could be uh, moving on after this past season. John Feliciano, Nick Gates, Jihad Ward. There's so many guys kind of uh, kind of sitting in limbo waiting to find out what happens here. But to rank the needs of this team beyond quarterback, let's say like let's assume Dana Jones is our quarterback next year because that's probably what's going to happen. Um, the first and foremost thing that I would focus on, there's two positions. It's like 1A, 1B. Wide receiver and linebacker. I think those two positions are the ones that just desperately need support. You know, you look at Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. There are some really good linebackers in this draft class uh, that Giants don't have to go with in the first round. They can look in the second round to fill that spot. You also have the free agency market for linebacker, which is flush with talent. Obviously, TJ Edwards. You have guys like Eric Hendricks, who was just released. Anthony tweeted about a couple minutes ago. Devin White's 
throwing out signs that he may be on the market. You also have um, ultimately, you know, Bobby Wagner. You have David Long. You got Tremaine Edmonds. You got Jeremy Pratt. Tons of guys to choose from. This is not a situation where the Giants don't have a plethora of options to consider in free agency the linebacker position. Now, the draft is a lot stronger for the wide receivers in the first round. You look at Quentin Johnston, who just came off a ridiculous NFL combine. Jordan Addison's combine wasn't as exciting, so maybe he ends up actually slipping to 25. Is the combine the end-all, be-all of players? Absolutely not. The fact that people just sit here and talk about, you know, loving uh, these combine prospects and players, it's like... It does not – look, it's just an athletic test. It doesn't actually say how good they're going to be at the NFL level. It doesn't show their IQ. It doesn't show their ability to diagnose plays. How many players have had tremendous combines and then sucked a lot of players? How many guys have been not even invited to the combine and end up having tremendous NFL careers? A ton. So let's not sit here and act like the combine is the end-all, be-all. People are suddenly getting really low on Jordan Addison because maybe he didn't have the best things, the best metrics. But he's going to be a great NFL player. Quentin Johnston, he has his fair share of weaknesses and raw you know, traits that need developing. Maybe he's not as uh, fundamentally built as Jordan Addison, but Quentin Johnston has probably the most upside of any receiver in this draft class, You know, looking at his tangible traits, looking at all the things he offers. But Anthony, when you're looking at kind of the situation right now, how would you rank, we'll start with those two, linebacker and receiver, which position do you think is kind of more of a pressing need for this Giants team? Well, I think that it's wide receiver just because we know what's about to happen with Daniel Jones. He's going to be back for the foreseeable future and likely at a very high price point. And I think that the Giants, their main objective should be to improve the playmaking talent around Daniel Jones. Because realistically, when you look at the contract that the Giants are likely going to sign Daniel Jones to, they're saying it could be somewhere around four years, $160 million. So $40 million per season. Now, Daniel Jones at $40 million per season is is a tough sell for a lot of people. But what the Giants are trying to invest in is not Daniel Jones and what he's accomplished so far, but Daniel Jones and the potential that he has to accomplish a whole lot more. So you're paying for the, you're paying while hoping that he improves on this increased salary, but he's not really going to improve all that much unless you put more talent around him. Daniel Jones was dealing with poor offensive line play this season. He was dealing with injuries. He was dealing with a severe lack of talent at the wide receiver position. So if you want to maximize that contract, that $160 million plus dollar deal that Daniel Jones could be getting, you want to add more talent around him to maximize it. Otherwise, you're just not going to. Simply put, like Daniel Jones is not going to be the superstar that you want him to be unless you put some superstars around him. So for me, wide receiver is the number one need for the New York Giants this offseason. I think that the most important thing is to add talent around Daniel Jones. However, I agree with you. Linebacker is a huge need as well. Thankfully, both of those positions, there are tons of opportunities for the Giants to upgrade those positions this offseason. Now, looking at wide receiver. I mean, you said it there, Alex. I think when you look at Quentin Johnston, no one has more potential in this 2023 draft class than Johnston. And I agree with something that you said about the combine. The combine is definitely not the end-all be-all. No one becomes a first-round pick because of their NFL scouting combine. If they are, they usually turn into a bust. But some players who were a fringe second could maybe be pushed to the back end of the first. Or with your rankings, if you had Johnston as WR1 and Addison as 2, it's possible that there's some distance that grew there. If you had Addison 1, 
like myself included, Johnston might have overtaken him with a really impressive scouting combine and honestly a lukewarm performance from Addison at the combine. So listen, there's a lot of receiving talent at this combine though. There was so many players that stood out. I thought Zay Flowers looked great. I love the fact that he still ran a low 4-4 despite adding an extra 13 pounds to his frame. That was really impressive out of Flowers and he makes a lot of sense in my opinion for the New York Giants. And Jackson Smith and Jigbo looked like the best route runner there. Looked even better than Jordan Addison. So there is a lot of receiving talent in this draft in the first round and a lot of these guys are projected to fall to the 25th overall pick. In fact, Addison was formerly looked at as maybe a top 15 pick. Well, ran a little slow at the combine, had some small hands. Now he might be the best player available out of every position on the board when the Giants are drafting at 25. So he makes perfect sense for the Giants. So listen, in the first round of the draft, I want to go wide receiver as long as the Giants don't make any splash blockbuster trades for a guy like Brandon Ayuk or T. Higgins. I think that they're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. But in free agency, that is where I would be attacking linebacker because there is so much talent at the linebacker position free agency this offseason. It's honestly mind-blowing. You've got guys like Bobby Wagner, a nine-time consecutive all-pro linebacker who's been arguably the best linebacker in the NFL for a decade. And then you also have Eric Kendricks, who has put up over 100 tackles in each of his last seven seasons in the NFL. That guy is as consistent as it gets from the linebacker position. Plus, he has a connection to the New York Giants coaching staff. Andre Patterson, Giants defensive line coach, was a former assistant head coach and co-defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. So he's very familiar with Eric Kendricks, and he would probably have a lot of say if the Giants were to consider signing Kendricks this offseason. So Kendrick makes sense for the Giants. That was a big move that happened this morning that makes a lot of sense for the Giants if they're looking at the linebacker position of free agency, which according to Matt Lombardo, they are showing significant interest in the linebacker market this offseason. Again, Wagner makes sense if they want to make a big splash, but then guys like Tremaine Edmonds, who has a connection to the New York Giants. Joe Shane was the assistant GM of the Bills when the Bills drafted Tremaine Edmonds in the first round of the 2018 NFL draft. So Edmonds, 24 years old, very young, just scratching the surface of his potential. Insane blend of size, athleticism, physicality, makes a lot of sense for the New York Giants. And then there's another guy that we've discussed on this channel, Alex, David Long from the Tennessee Titans, another young player that could be a long-term solution for the Giants at that linebacker position. So if I have to rank those two needs, I'm going with wide receiver because of the impact that it has on Daniel Jones, but also because you pretty much have to go through the draft at the wide receiver position. I just went over all of these talents in free agency at the linebacker spot, and the Giants are likely going to sign someone next week at the linebacker position. But at the wide receiver position, there is not that level of talent in free agency this offseason. The Giants are going to have to wait until April to uh, address that wide receiver position as opposed to going after a linebacker next week. So that's kind of why I'm ranking wide receiver as the top name because I think it's just a tougher position to find this offseason. But linebacker, there's so much talent. I'm really excited to see what the Giants do with that position. But another position, Alex, that I want to ask you about is cornerback. Where does that rank on your list of needs? Because I think that's also one that the Giants have to address. And it could be with a 25th overall pick. There's a lot of cornerback talent that I like. But again, you've discussed this numerous times on the channel, Alex. Mm -hmm. You like the free agency market at cornerback. So what are your thoughts on that? I do. I love the free agency market 
uh, when it comes to the cornerback position and why, you might ask, because there is a lot of supply. You know, if you look at the basic law of supply and demand, if you have a lot of supply, it means the prices are a little bit cheaper. So the Giants can go get a CB2, a reasonable cornerback. They don't have to get anyone big. They don't have to get anyone that's going to break the bank. They can get someone at a 5 to $6 million per season deal that's going to serve a good CB2. He's going to be better than Fabian Moreau. He's going to be better than Cordell Fly. He's going to be better than Zion Gilbert. Anyone that we could have ran out there, Nick McLeod is another one, we're going to be better. You know, you can get a player in that range that's going to be a starting level player that's going to pair well with Adore Jackson, maybe as a specific skill set. He's very good in man coverage, and you can go into the season happy with that. You can go into the season with um, a committed cornerback unit that has potential to be solid and I think that's what the Giants need a solid cornerback unit and then you pair that with a linebacker this is what I would do if I were the Giants right I would sign a, a good young linebacker with potential I would sign a good cornerback you know a lot of supply demand's going to be uh, demand's usually high for the cornerback position but because there's so many this year um, a lot, I, I imagine a couple more will shake through as well it's going to be cheaper than usual to get these cornerbacks so I would be willing to give commit like $15 million in total, um, maybe this season, maybe you don't even need to commit 15. Maybe you only have to commit 10. I mean, if you if you sign a multi-year deal, though, you know what I mean? If you sign a multi-year deal, you only really have to commit like $10 million for the 2023 season. You could push most of that money into 2024, 2025. So you don't really have to commit that much this year, and you can lock guys into three-year contracts, which are traditionally pretty good um, a length. That way you can get out after the second season. You can build outs into it, you know, incentive-based, some, some of the monetary um, kind of variables in the contract. But if you actually look at the cornerback market right now, it's a good time to get a player on a cheaper deal for a multi-year contract that's a man coverage uh, specific guy. And then also draft some players. You know, if you go and get a linebacker like David Long or Tremaine Edmonds, you go and get a cornerback, a younger guy, I'd have to look at the list again, but there's a ton. Um, and then you also draft a linebacker in round two. Now you have, a, you have a good free agent acquisition, a good young player who's a starter that can start immediately. You have Darian Beavers developing behind the scenes, coming off ACL tear, Michael McFadden as well. Maybe bring back Jalen Smith for depth and then the quarterback position you can go and draft somebody again in the mid-rounds you have Cordell Flott developing he's only 21 years old super young still building his frame out I think that's a pretty good sequence of events Anthony you know what do you think about that kind of pairing some cost-efficient free agent signings over a longer term period of time that aren't going to break the bank but do fit your scheme well and also drafting to support that position that that way you can have some guys developing behind the scenes and then eventually take over that job when the time does arise yeah, I think with a lot of these positions in free agency, there's so much veteran uh, talent out there, like linebacker in particular. We just mentioned Bobby Wagner. But if the Giants were to draft Bobby Wagner, or I mean assign Bobby Wagner, that wouldn't prevent me from drafting a linebacker early in this class. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that Wagner, I mean, he's 32 years old. He's one of the older guys on the market, but he's still a beast. He's still a top talent. If the Giants were to get him, that would be a short-term solution. But what's their long-term solution? Is it Darian Beavers? Well, I don't really know because we haven't seen enough of him. So I would probably go out there sign a guy like Wagner or one of these top veteran guys, but I would also sign a or draft a player who can develop behind him, and that goes for the cornerback position as well. Now, inversely, if the Giants go with a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds, they're going to have to break the bank. You're talking like a four-year, $44 million contract as projected by SpotRack, so that's $11 million per season to a guy like Tremaine Edmonds, but to me, that, that makes sense. That's worth it for me. The linebacker position is one that the Giants have just refused to address over the last decade. I mean, when was the last time that the Giants had a solid linebacker, you know? And also at CB2, I think that it would be huge for the Giants to go out there and really solidify that position because they already have a lot of that talent behind that CB2. They've got guys like Cordell Flott. 
Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes if he comes back as well. There are some players who can hopefully develop their game over the next couple of years and turn into solid uh, players. So if I'm looking at the cornerback position, I'm going with a short-term veteran contract. I want a guy on a one-year or a two-year deal who's probably got a higher cap hit, but I know that I don't need to put him in my long-term future plans. I don't really want that because I think the Giants have some guys in their long-term plans on the position at the position already. So I'm looking at linebacker and I'm looking at cornerback. You mentioned you would allocate 15 million in total of your salary cap this offseason. I would bump that up to 20. I think that the Giants have around $42 million in effective salary cap space this offseason. A lot of that's going to get eaten up by the Saquon Barkley franchise tag if it happens. There's basically $11 million gone. And then, you know, Daniel Jones is going to get that mega extension. So you're going to have to eat away a lot of your salary cap there. But you cut some guys like Kenny Galladay. You restructure some guys like Leonard Williams, maybe Adoree Jackson as well. Get, get those guys on some extensions. Giants will free up even more money, and they could realistically allocate $20 million to those two positions, get themselves a dominant linebacker if they really want to, and a solid veteran at the CB2 spot, and pretty much solve 90% of their defensive <laughs> struggles from the 2022 season with those two signings. So I'm willing to kind of break the bank at least a little bit on those positions. But another position, Alex, this is one on the other side of the ball offense. We talked about the wide receiver spot, but another spot that is of huge importance to the Giants to upgrade this offseason, in my opinion, is the interior of the offensive line. I think that the Giants offense was held back significantly by their lack of talent at left guard, center, and right guard. Now, I like John Feliciano. I think he's solid, but I think he's a really good backup. He's an okay starter, but a very good backup, and I'd like to see him back with the Giants on a one-year deal in the 2023 season to compete at that starting spot, but realistically, I hope that the Giants sign him, hope that he plays at center, but really they draft someone who takes over and actually wins that job from him. And again, other guys, Nick Gates, solid depth. I think Ben Bredesen also could be good depth, maybe a potential starter, but I do think that the Giants have to go into this offseason and find at least one more starter on the interior of their offensive line. And I'm curious to know what you think about that, Alex, and whether or not you would want to see that happen through free agency, or if you think that the Giants should try to improve their offensive line through the draft. Um, you know, this is definitely a good discussion to have. So I, I still am optimistic that Josh Azudu is going to be decent for this team. Shane Lemieux, goodbye. Farewell. Good riddance. I, I don't want to see injured players on this roster anymore trying to just get more opportunity in the second they step on the field. Another injury arises. What a surprise. So Josh Azudu, Mark, by the way, Glowinski, he's pretty much cemented as our starting right guard next year. I don't think that we have enough uh, asset to actually go and leverage, you know, another position in the interior of the offensive line. I would not be surprised if Gates and Feliciano both returned on pretty reasonable contracts, um, probably quite low, and then uh, competed for that starting center job. Of course, you kind of talked about a guy like um, Schmidt, who's a top center prospect, can even play multiple interior spots. Maybe they draft him and just see where, where he fits best. Maybe he shifts, shifts over to left guard. I know um, Osiris Neal, what is this, Osiris O'Neal, um, he's a big guy, so definitely interesting. But when you actually look at, you know, what this team needs, the interior of their offensive line still is a question mark. I mean, look, as long if right tackle is continuously a problem and Evan Neal doesn't take that step forward, it's definitely a bit of a concern. But I will say I still am optimistic on that front as well. But left guard's the spot that we really need. You know what I mean? If you have a strong left guard to pair with Andrew Thomas, you can just run to that side and generate yardage, like, pretty routinely. It's not going to be difficult. If you have Daniel Jones, just kind of, situate the pocket they can devise the pocket they can shift to the left and they can open up a little bit more time for him if he just kind of drops back into that little that side of the of the offensive line he can buy himself an extra second it goes a long way in the nfl so 
you know, left guard, certainly a priority. If I was to say, where should we address things? I think that the draft has to be the solution because this um, offensive line class in free agency is quite weak. So I don't think you want to take a risk on a guy who's maybe not proven or maybe is coming off a down season or maybe coming off an injury. You're probably hoping that Josh Azudu elevates his game. Maybe Nick Gates competes for the left guard spot. Maybe you draft somebody in the second or third round um, to, to compete there. But again, it's a risk. You don't really know what they're going to do. So I, yes, I think that I'd probably go with the uh, the draft as a solution for the interior offensive line rather than free agency. Yeah, and I think there are a few players in the draft that make sense. I mean, Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida. He played right guard, though, so I don't know if the Giants would want to draft him. You mentioned it. They're kind of locked into that Glowinski contract. I don't know if they want to flip Torrance to the left side of the line. He's a player that I think can sneak into the back end of the first round despite having a round two or three projection. There's just not a lot of guard talent in the draft this year. So if the Giants want to draft one, it's going to have to be pretty early on in the draft if they want a player who can make an impact. Like, they will have to draft a guard by round two the latest to get a guy who makes an impact in 2023 just because of the lack of talent at that position in the draft and then center as well but there is a few centers that make a lot of sense for the Giants this season I think that um John Michael Schmitz is a player that we discussed out of Minnesota I love him I think that he is a bona fide starter year one at the center position if he's on the board with the 57th overall pick honestly I think I'm running a 40-yard dash to the podium on that one and I'm drafting um John Michael Schmitz out of uh, Minnesota and there are some other center talents that make sense as well but I think that you you kind of make a good point though the Giants don't really have the assets to rebuild that line overnight like it's going to still take a take some time it's going to be a process and going into this 2023 season out of all these positions that we've discussed Alex you know cornerback linebacker receiver all of those I see the path to upgrade those pretty easily like receiver you can get one in the first round of the draft pretty easily because there's a lot of talents going in the back end and then you look at linebacker, there's so much talent in free agency. You look at cornerback, so much talent in free agency. The toughest one, in my opinion, to upgrade will be the interior of the offensive line. I think that it's way harder to find those guys in free agency. Even when you do sign them, they don't always pan out, i.e. Mark Lewinsky. And there's not a lot of talent in this 2023 NFL draft class on the interior of the offensive line. So looking at the status of the roster, Alex, if you had to pick one of these positions that we're discussing that you don't think gets significantly upgraded, for me, it's interior of, of the offensive line. I have to assume you would agree with me. Yeah, I mean, right now, wide receiver, linebacker, priorities, cornerback, I'd say even is a bit of a priority. I think that the Giants have invested plenty in their offensive line um, that they needed to pan out. You know, they just brought on a new assistant offensive line coach. I forget what his name is, but, you know, they, they addressed right tackle with the seventh overall pick last year. Seventh overall pick, you know, can't really get much better than that when it comes to addressing a position. Um, right guard, they spent couple couple million dollars trying to fix it with Mark Lewinsky. I think he's a little bit better this upcoming season. Still still had to kind of assimilate to the scheme and, and learn a new team and, and, and you know, it takes time. Center, Nick Gates, Feliciano came on at the end of the year. I actually really liked how he performed. I was happy with his performance down the stretch. Um, I think that he deserves an opportunity to compete. I, I think that that might be a hot take, but I'm fine with Nick Gates and, and John Feliciano battling it out for the starting center spot. I think that's actually a totally fine uh, situ situation and scenario for the Giants because it keeps the costs low. 
And John Feliciano is a leader. Like he's he's one of the guys in the locker room that keeps things going. He's a high energy guy. He is energetic. I mean, he protects Daniel Jones. How many times did he come to his defense last year? He's a grinder. I, I like him, um, especially if they you know kind of pin both of them against each other and create a position battle, get the best out of of out of all these guys. Left guard's the question mark. You know, you have Josh Azudu. You don't really know what he's going to become. Had the neck injury that shut him down prematurely. That's the only spot where I could justify saying. I'd be fine drafting um, a guy like John Michael Schmitz and and having him compete at left guard and center. You know, he's going to be very good no matter what spot he goes to. You could make any argument to say that a second-round pick, a third-round pick, draft a guy and just have them start, have them compete for a starting job immediately. Azudo, a former fourth-round pick last year, maybe he takes a step forward. Um, But yes, I'm in, you know, lockstep with you. I do think that offensive line, interior offensive line is probably not a position that we're going to go heavy into, but I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted an offensive lineman in the mid-rounds. And I think that traditionally you should be doing that every single year. A lot of teams find starters in those rounds there, so the Giants could easily do the same. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they need to just continue dumping assets in those middle rounds into the offensive line. Eventually, one has to pan out for the Giants. I mean, it usually never does, but eventually it will, right? I, I think so. So, you know, we've kind of hit like the uh, the heavy hitters, right? The main positions that the Giants have to upgrade this offseason. But I do, before we wrap up, Alex, want to throw out one that I think people are kind of sleeping on as like a big need for the Giants, and that's the safety position. Like Xavier McKinney is a superstar. I, I think that he's going to be an all-pro one year in in his career, at least at least one year. One day he's going to turn into an all-pro. But opposite of him was Julian Love, who was really solid. I mean, a lot of Giants fans were pretty critical of Julian Love, but I think they forget that, you know, you don't need two superstars back there on the back end of your defense, but he was solid. And now it sounds like there hasn't been a whole lot of buzz between the Giants and Love in terms of a contract extension. I think he's going to hit the open market, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him sign elsewhere. Uh, So Julian Love likely leaving, what happens at that safety position? It kind of turns into a massive need for the Giants. Tony Jefferson is also a free agent. You're not going to bank on the linebacker safety hybrid Landon Collins to take over. So what do you do at that safety position? Dane Belton? There are some... Sorry, who who was it? Dane, Dane Belton, Belton, maybe. That's my. That's the only like logical solution. Belton is the only one on the roster that makes sense. However, do you trust him to take over Julian Love's role? Julian Love did so much for the defense. He played so many different positions. I feel like you kind of need like a veteran guy to really handle that workload if you're c- trying to project someone into that same role that Love played. So Belton, I like, but. I think that this is a position, Alex, and I'm curious to get your take on it, that Giants fans are kind of sleeping on and maybe don't realize how big of a need it truly is going into this offseason. Yeah, I mean, look, so free safety, you obviously have X-Man. Like, he, he's the guy um, locking down the deeper portions of the field. Obviously, like, the finger injury, the hand injury was just totally out of left field and no one saw that coming. So if, if he stays healthy... Julian Love's value doesn't necessarily shine through as much as it did because he was a great supplement in that in the meantime. Um, but Julian Love's value isn't because he's a great starter. It's because he's a great utility man, right? He can play free safety. He can play corner. He can play slot corner. He can play uh, strong safety. He can be a de facto money backer, if you, if, if you will. So when you look at Julian Love, his value is, is that he's able to play multiple positions. They can find a guy that can do that. I don't think it's like out of the question that they could find someone in the draft that has like the makeup and profile of a cornerback slash safety. I think they probably try to replace him in like the fourth round. That's that's just how I personally see it. Julian Love, what was he a fifth round pick back in the day? Third round pick, something like that. Third, fourth. I think he was a fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. I think in you're 2019. right. Yeah, he's a fourth round pick. I think you're right. So. Maybe they go the same route, fourth round pick, get a guy that has a profile that fits cornerback safety, and then just have him play utility role. You know, Dane Belton could also do that. They've 
He's capable of playing free safety. He's not the best, and I wouldn't say I trust him back there at all. But he's going to be a decent, strong safety. He's really good in zone coverage and undercutting routes and reading the eyes of the quarterback. And he's a, he's a hard hitter. He can tackle well. He also missed all of training camp with a broken clavicle. You have to keep that in mind. So he didn't even have a full camp last year. Um, I think that he learned a lot from last season, and he takes a step forward. I'm pretty optimistic that he will also be fine. Um, Jerome Henderson, that D-backs coach, is one of the best in the game. So I think they're going to get him right, and they're going to get him to where he needs to be. Uh, but he was a rookie, man. Like, how many times have we seen rookies take big steps? I mean, Julian Love was not good his rookie season. He got better progressively. And, you know, look at guys like Andrew Thomas. First year, not so good. Took a big step the next season. How many guys are going to do that for the Giants? That's really what makes and breaks this team. How many of these rookies are going to take big steps forward in year two? Because we have a lot of players who just missed the entire year of injury. They struggled for whatever reason. You know, Evan Neal's the primary guy that I'm talking about right now. How many of these big guys, these big draft picks are going to pan out and take a big step forward? That might be what either propels the Giants into a position where, where they're feeling good and they have strength, or it could end up being a liability and suddenly they have weaknesses they need to correct. And obviously that's not an ideal situation. So, you know, replacing Julian Love, while difficult, I think it is doable. I think I would agree with that. And there is low-key a lot of talent at the safety position in this year's draft. Forgetting his name, Alabama safety. He called Xavier McKinney his mentor, said he would love to be on the Giants, could be a target uh, in this year's draft. And I do think that there there is a lot of players who could be available for us in those middle rounds. And safety, while I, I, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's a bigger need than people realize, it is kind of one of those spots where the Giants could probably upgrade quite easily in comparison to some of these other positions. But there are a lot of needs for the Giants, and there are also a lot of strengths. But really, everything is predicated on what happens with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So we shall soon see what happens at those two positions, quarterback and running back. And that will likely determine how the Giants upgrade all the positions that we just discussed, Alex. But we will keep you all updated on those positions, the Giants free agent signings, draft picks, everything in between right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to subscribe if you are new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode and comment your thoughts down below. We'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants. 